Somebody give him a shout of praise for what he's done tonight. Come on, somebody. You're standing here by the grace of God. Somebody should have been dead, but you're standing here because of what he's done. One writer said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. I wonder if there's anybody would just throw a hand in the air because you remember all the benefits of living for God tonight. Come on, somebody lift your voice one more time and give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just remain standing. You can stay where you're at worshiping tonight. What an awesome move of God has been happening in this house all day long today. How many of you were here this morning and thankful for what we felt in this place? Amen. God is doing some amazing things. And I want us just to remain standing as we prepare for the entrance of the word of the Lord tonight. It is my, my privilege to bring to this desk a, a great young man that I have had the privilege of connecting with at some point in the past couple of years. I, I don't recall exactly when our paths have crossed for some time. And uh, over the past couple of years, I've got to get to know him just a little bit and uh, felt like it was just a matter of time that God may open the door for him to come and be with us here in the Rock Church. And uh, he, we've been trying to work something out the past few months as he has been in and out of Florida. And uh, we've had to scoot around a few different times due to some circumstances. But I believe God is intentional. Anybody else believe that tonight? I said God is intentional. One writer said, my times are in his hands. And I believe when we live life that way that God orchestrates things perfectly. And I believe that it is the will of God that he is here with us tonight. And we want to say a great big welcome to evangelist Matthew Kreider all the way from Michigan. We want him to come and deliver the word of the Lord to us tonight. How many of you came expecting God to do something great in this house? Would you put your hands together one more time and give God a great hand clap of praise as he comes to deliver the word of the Lord to us? Praise God. Let's give him praise that he's worthy of. Come on, express your opinion of God right now with your praise. Would you let him know how you feel about him? Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Come on, let it ring in the house right now. This is individual right now between you and God. This is how I feel about you, God. Praise your name, God. You are worthy. He is worthy. Amen. It is absolutely appropriate in the house of God to let loose in praise, to lift up the name of the Lord. He's earned it. Praise God. I said he's earned it. The Bible talks about the praise that is due his name. You don't give the bank money just because you're a nice person and don't want to see the bank go under. Give the bank money because it's due them. <laughs> Our praise is due him. We have a debt when we walk into the house of God. Just between a Sunday morning and a Sunday night service, God's done enough for us that we are debtors in praise and worship. Come on, anybody feel it welling up inside? That's right. That's right. I owe him my praise. And I don't want to just be a giver, but I want to be a man, one that does it with gladness. A cheerful giver. Thankful for the opportunity to offer God praise. Amen. I do it cheerfully because God's been good to me. 
Amen. Turn to your neighbor and smile at him just to prove you can. Praise God. That's good to do every now and then. Amen. Thankful to be in the house of the Lord. It has been a mission of mine to get to know your pastor better. Uh, having met him, we were in Shelbyville together was when we spent some time together. And, uh, Shelbyville, Indiana. Enjoyed his company so much. I'm astounded at how vast the kingdom of God is. Amen. I am I'm in my 20th year of full-time evangelizing and uh, preached in somewhere around 300 churches. And it always overwhelms me to step into a new place. You don't know me, I don't know you. But to feel that common thread that familiar feeling in the house of God. Amen. It lets me know how great God is. Because sometimes we, we think of him as great in our circumstances. And we're amazed at what God does within the parameters of our existence. Amen. But while he's doing great things for you right here in Fort Myers, all around the world, on this Sunday night, all around the world, people, amen, are receiving what they need from an omnipotent God and an om omnipresent God. Amen. And uh, it just makes me, it just makes me grateful that he has chosen me just to be a part of his kingdom. If you're not part of the kingdom of God yet, you're not serving God with the fullness of your heart. There's nothing more rewarding living for God, serving God. Amen. I give honor to your pastor. One thing I do know about your good pastor is that he is never outmatched in passion. And you ought to be grateful for that. Nobody wants a deadhead preacher. Praise God. I said nobody wants a deadhead preacher. I, I, I watch, I observe, and I've made it a point. I'll be 40 this year. I don't know how much life I've got left, but I have, I have understood I'm with you. I have understood the value of, of having good brothers and good acquaintances and good friends. I wish for that with your pastor. I appreciate him and his wife and family. Amen. This wonderful church. Praise God. Thank you for your worship. Thank you for your praise. This is the third date that we had scheduled for me to be here. First one, COVID stole from us. Second one, my father, just about a week or so ago, was rushed to the hospital for severe chest pains. He pastors in northern Michigan. So I felt very necessary for me to take off and go up and be there in that circumstance. And uh, if you would pray for him, I would appreciate that. He has about six to eight weeks before he is out of the woods with four blood clots. And uh, three in his lungs, one in his leg. And we're monitoring it very closely. But we're believing God for a miracle. And we're believing him because he's done it before. It's not unfounded faith. Praise God. Amen. Will you help me for a little while? Well, I can't ask for a long while if nobody's going to help me for a little while. Amen. How many's going to help me a little bit tonight? Thank you. Praise God. Amen. Hebrews chapter number 11. Take a little walk into the hall of faith. Hebrews chapter number 11 and verse number... 23, Hebrews chapter number 11, verse number 23. I'll be mindful of the time uh, so you don't have to, praise God. I will do my best to be expedient tonight, but I feel very sure that God has a word for somebody in this place. How many times have you come to church in the valley of decision, making decisions about your walk with God? Say, never, preacher, I've never done that. Well, tonight, that's where you are, then. If you've never done that before, you're definitely doing that tonight. And the 
process of living for God, we come to that place where decisions have to be made and choices have to be made. Amen. And I feel like God wants to help somebody today. Amen. To make a choice and a decision go further in living for God. Hebrews chapter number 11, verse number 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child. And they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. There's choosing in that verse, in the next verse, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Verse number 26, once again, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Amen. I want to preach to us tonight, with the help of the Lord, on respecting the recompense. Respecting the recompense. Would you lift your voice with mine and let's ask God to have his way in this house. God, we love you. We thank you for your presence that's here. So real, so present. We pray, God, that your word would go forth according to your will in these next few moments. Not only do we desire a word from you, but we desire a work from you. And we open our hearts and minds to both. Have your way in this place. Help us all to leave here having made progress in our approach to things that are pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, have your way in this house. Clap your hands and thank God for the word of God right now. Would you do that? While you're clapping, would you just tilt your head back and express to God how grateful you are for his word. It is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. Hallelujah able to save our souls you can be seated in the presence of the Lord thank you for standing as long as you have very gracious Amen. the Bible tells us concerning Moses that by the observation of his mother and father he was a proper child that they saw in their baby the hand of God. They knew that God was present. They knew that God had his hand on this child. It's important for us in living for God to, as the parents of Moses did, to preserve the things that are proper in the eyes of God. The things that, that God is involved in. We need to preserve those things. And I see that in worship in the house of God tonight. I hear that, amen, in the prayer that has been going on in the house of God. I hear that in the anointed uh, preaching that has already went on in this service. All of that is proper, and it needs to be preserved. Praise the Lord. Amen. Not just preserved, but at, at whatever cost is necessary, things that are proper in the eyes of God need to be preserved. Amen. And so they saw this in him. And, and knowing that, that fear is the antithesis of faith, they decided to act by faith. And they take that child, in spite of the commandment of the king, that child's life is at risk. They take that child and they preserve him. They get a basket together. Amen. They put their baby in a basket and they float their baby out into a river to be hidden amongst bulrushes there on the side of that body of water. Knowing God's involved, trusting that because God is involved, he is going to make this worth our effort. God is involved. God is going to take care as long as we do our part. 
As long as we, amen, do what we need to do and what is necessary for us to do, God is going to come through and God is going to do his part. That's what faith is. We come into the house of God and we sweat down a suit. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. We dance and we shout and we, we give ourselves to worship, not just because that's what we do, but because it's proper. Amen. And if we'll preserve what is proper, God is going to show up and make our efforts worthwhile. Well, praise the Lord. Anybody here on a Sunday night? Amen. When you clap your hands, don't just clap your hands. It is proper to clap my hands, and so I'm going to do it in faith. And if I do what is right in the eyes of God, God's going to involve himself, and God's going to make it worth my while. Amen. If I'm going to shout, as we say up north, you might as well let it rip. If you're going to lift up your voice, you might as well lift up your voice and let it fly. If you're going to run, you need to do it with everything in you. Amen. David tells us, amen, through his actions that if you're going to dance, you better do it with all your heart. Why? Not just because it's what we do, but it's proper. And because it's proper and we're preserving it, God is going to show up and make it worth our while. If you have that in mind when you're doing the things that are proper in the house of God, you're going to do them with a little more enthusiasm. Amen. When you're promised a payoff in the end, when you're promised that God is going to show up and make it worth it, if you have that understanding while you're clapping, there's going to be passion. Amen. While you're worshiping, there's going to be passion. God's watching me. God's watching me. And this is what pleases God. This is what's proper. I'm going to preserve what is proper. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, not coincidence, but because God was involved, along comes Pharaoh's daughter. Amen. Couldn't write a better story if you wanted to. Couldn't have orchestrated this better if you wanted to. That's why we serve God. Because God has a way of working all things together for our good beyond what we could ever imagine well, praise God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that's working in us. Amen. If I let God do the orchestrating, if I let God be involved in what I'm doing, if I, if I ask him, if I show him, I want him involved. Amen. I'm telling you, he will work all things together for good. They said this child is a part of God's purpose, and so we're going to do our part to preserve this. And God was orchestrating a story that man could not concoct. God's doing that for you. In living for God, God is doing that for you. God's doing it for you. In living for God, God's doing it for you. Amen. Your sacrifice living for God, the fact that you're here on a Sunday night doing what is proper, amen, God's watching you. You are doing what God has asked us to do. You're living your life according to God's purpose. He's working it all together for your good. This story's going to end up better than you could imagine. Don't think for a moment that mom and dad said we're going to put Moses in the river, the creek or crick, depending on where you're from. And we're going to put him in the river, and, and Pharaoh's daughter's going to come down and is going to find the baby, and the baby's going to be adopted into the household of Pharaoh. His life's going to be preserved, not just because he's cute, not just because he's chunky. Amen. All those cute things babies are. But it's a proper child. And we're putting it in God's story. We're giving it to God's purpose. We're preserving, amen, the will of God. We're allowing it to keep flowing. And they put that baby not knowing what was going to happen, but they did it in faith, believing whatever happened, God was involved. That's why I don't come to church with preconceived notions about what has to happen in order for us to have the kind of church that we need to have. I just know if I do what I'm supposed to, God's going to be involved and I'm going to like the ending. Come on, somebody. Amen. If I do what I'm supposed to and God gets involved because God likes it, I'm going to like the way this winds up. Pharaoh's daughter. Maybe the cry of the child, maybe she just caught a glimpse of him. Pull that baby out. And there just happens to be a girl there on the side of the river that said, if you need a nursemaid, I happen to know somebody. 
<laughs> and that baby's handed right back into the hands of his own mother. Now this is important because raise up a child in the way they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart from it. And I'm telling you, because she was an Israelite and because she cared about what pleased God, that baby started hearing the Shema day in and day out. I've got three children. First thing they heard out of my mouth was the Shema. Hey man, listen to me, baby. Baby's crying. Doesn't seem like paying attention at all, but I wanted to get it into his ears and into his brain and into her ears and into her brain. Here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Hey man, if you want a good starting point, that's the best starting point. Here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Baby, listen to me. Hey man, you're about to go to Pharaoh's house. You're about to be among the heathens. You're about to have to go out, amen, into a place of corruption, and they're going to try to sway your mind. They're going to try to tantalize you with all their glitz and glamour, but listen to me. There's one God, and all of your love goes toward him. Your heart, soul, mind, and strength needs to be dedicated to loving God. That's the way I want to live for God. How about you? Amen. I want to give it everything I've got because I don't want to mess up and miss out. I'm going to give it everything i got. God's going to see it, and God's going to work things together for my good. The child's weaned, brought into Pharaoh's house, and he goes from being a pauper to a prince. goes from being a slave to seeing things that were beyond what he could have afore imagined even in his childlike imagination. But mother did such a good job <laughs> putting it in that child, the only influence Telling that baby, listen to me. It doesn't matter what's going on over there at Pharaoh's house. It doesn't matter what's going on in them chambers and all that Egypt has to offer at its upper echelons. You are a child of the almighty God. And it may not seem like everything's perfect for the people of God right now. But let me tell you something, baby. It's going to be well with the righteous. And if you'll live for God and you'll serve God and you'll commit yourself to pleasing him, I promise you it will be worth it. She put it in that baby so strong that when it came time to make a decision, there was no hesitation in him at all. Amen. I will not be the son of Pharaoh's daughter. I will not be an Egyptian. I am a child of God. No matter how much you dislike math, if you're going to do math proper, you can't stop in the middle of the equation and say, that's it. Mama Brought Moses all the way down to the bottom. Said, I know right where we're living right now. It's not looking too good for the end result. I know we've been in slavery for years. I know that we are under bondage to a cruel taskmaster. But I'm going to bring you down to the end. I want you to see the end. Because that is the sum when it says that he chose, the Bible said, in choosing he esteemed, and it's a mathematical word, one thing having more value than another. The only way he could do that as a young child, not having life experience, otherwise would have had no training in this matter. Mama, 
Oh, we've got a mother. I'm telling you, we have a mother. Amen. Right here in Fort, Fort Myers, I'm telling you, the name of the mother in Fort Myers is the Rock Church Fort Myers. And the job of your mama is to train you. And I know your pastor is. That no matter what the world seems like it's coming up with, that's brand new and tantalizing and tempting, you don't belong there. The end isn't going to be worth it. You belong in the house of God. You're a child of the living God. You belong right here. Amen. I promise you it's going to be worth your effort. It's going to be worth your sacrifice. And the only way he could have done a proper equation was to have all the numbers. And Mama did a thorough job. In the weightier matters of God's blessings, he saw he pursued that decision that we make. We can say all day long we make a decision. The old adage says that actions speak louder than words. Moses didn't just say, I want to be a child of God, and then sneak right back into Pharaoh's house and say, peel me some grapes. <laughs> Amen. Come and wait on me. I like it here. And then come back in over by the Israelites and say, this is what I am. But it was a decision that he made down inside based on all the information. You've been to Pharaoh's house. But I can't help it. Mama put something in me so strong that even when I walked into that place that was shocking, when I walked into that place that had things I could have never imagined that I could get myself into and involve myself in, there was still something. That, that's why we need church. That's why we need preaching. Amen. It'll save you. It'll save you. It'll save you. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Amen. What's he saving me from? Truth saves you from the lie. Amen. I'm telling you, the best place to be is the house of God. Amen. The place that's going to end up the best to be is the house of God. Whoa. So, the Bible said he turned his back on Egypt. Living for God, at some point, you, can't, you have to forsake. I can't just narrow down. I can't, I can't just sift and find certain things that I want to hold on to. And then... Try also to hold on to the benefits of living for God. But because he had faith in God, because he listened to his mother teach him about what the end result is going to be, what the bottom line is. The Bible talks about a man named Asaph. It said, I almost went, brother. I almost, I almost made Egypt my home. But then I went into the sanctuary. That's a beautiful word. A place established that we can come in and it's safe for us. It's safe for us. Everything we need is here provided in the sanctuary. Amen. Everything you could need to survive and to thrive, you can find in the sanctuary. And Asaph said, I went back into the sanctuary of God. And all that preacher got up and he said, don't live in the middle of the equation. Don't get caught up in where you are right now. You need to go all the way to the bottom. And he said, that preacher made me understand the end of the matter. In the end it will be well with the righteous. In the end it's not worth it for sin that has pleasure for a season when God is offering pleasure forevermore. I hope tonight if there's someone teetering you enjoy amen music part of church and you enjoy the fellowship part of church and you you enjoy belonging to something but you haven't yet fully invested 
That's when it becomes everything that it's supposed to be. It's when I fully invest. Moses knew full well when I walk out of Egypt, it's over. I'm in, I'm, as far as Egypt is concerned, I am persona non grata. Amen. I, I, no longer am I welcome. But there was no hesitation. I'm telling you today that if you would be wise enough to take your life with the help of a preacher all the way down to the bottom line and see the end of the two paths that we have to choose between. And you were to make a wise decision about your eternity. There would be no hesitation if you'll see it for what it is. I have to have that preacher. I have to have that anointed voice. I have to have mama talking to me because there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Amen. I need mama talking to me saying, listen to me, baby. This thing's been established for generations. You're always better off being a child of God. You're always better off being an Israelite. God, don't forget his people. God's going to come through for his people. Make a choice about your eternity. Make a decision about your forever. I choose because I esteem. I've made up my mind. There's nothing like the church. There's nothing like the word of God. There's nothing like truth. There's nothing like an apostolic altar. There's nothing like a move of God. There's nothing like a relationship with God. I can't let somebody else's conclusion become mine. That of age, the Bible talks about, was the moment when he had to make his choice. And he chose to be a child of God, rather to enjoy the treasures of Egypt, pleasures, and sin for a season. And the Bible said that he made this choice and forsook Egypt because he had respect. Can I just get nitty-gritty for a moment? Thank you, all four of you. Praise God. Uh-oh, preacher's getting nitty-gritty. Amen. It ain't going to be that bad, I promise you. It's not going to be. But we live in a generation that needs a baptism of respect. You know, when my little sassy self was meandering through the house and my daddy wanted to say something to me. He'd say, son, come here. And I'd come. And because I knew I wasn't going to like what he was going to say, his face would be here and my eyes would be over there and over there, down there. And teaching me respect, he'd say, boy, look at me when I talk to you. Anybody ever hear that? I heard that, and I knew what would happen if I didn't. It was, it, was a, it was a lesson in respect. It happened with my ears, too. I'd come into one of those adult conversations, you know, and just waddle my little wise self in there with all kinds of opinions and thoughts, and, and the elders would be talking about something, and I'd start spouting off my nonsense. My father would say, you have two ears and one mouth. You should be listening twice as much as you're talking. He was teaching me respect. I'm 40 years old now. When I'm around an elder, I still shut my mouth and open my ears because I still got things to learn. Hey, man, there's sometimes 20, 30, 40 years down the road from where I am. I'd be a fool not to glean from their wisdom. Well, praise the Lord, somebody. Hey, man, respect is important. If you can't respect, you can't live for God. If you can't submit, you can't live for God. If you can't subject yourself to the will of God, you can't live for God. The Bible gives us a scenario about respect, and it has, it has Cain and Abel offering a sacrifice to God. The Bible said, by faith, Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice. 
Once again, praise is better when you do it with faith, believing that it's going to be worth it. The outcome's better for baby Moses when the parents act by faith and not by fear. Come on, somebody. Let's have faith, church. Let's have faith, church. Everything I do when I come into this place matters. Everything I do is going to make a difference because God's going to show up and God's going to make the difference. Faith. Faith. Come on, somebody. Say faith. I believe it's worth it. I believe it's worth it. And by faith, Abel offered a more excellent because he believed it was worth it. And we can go through the semantics of the sacrifices and all that's important, but just the Bible just narrowed it down to one had faith and the other just went through motions. And the Bible said that unto Abel and his sacrifice, God had respect. And unto Cain and his sacrifice, he did not have respect. And if you study that, it literally means God turned his back on Cain and gave his attention. Look at me when I'm talking to you, like my father. I think I scared somebody right there. I probably should have warned you on that one. Hey, man. They <laughs> said, whoa, preacher's getting rough right now. Hey, man. Like my father told me, look at me when I'm talking. That's respect. He gave his full attention to Abel and his sacrifice. He respected it. Moses had to make a choice. It's not just about leaving Egypt. This is about what I respect. I can't live for God if I'm not focused. I can't live for God if it's not everything. If I don't turn my back on the world, I'm not really living for God. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For all that's in the world is the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eye and the pride of life. The Bible said if you love that, you can't love him. It's respect. It's a total turn. And God deserves our respect. God's worthy of our sacrifice. God's worthy of us living for him. God's worthy of everything we leave behind. Amen. Paul said it's for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ to know him, to walk with him, to be in relationship with him, to watch him, to hear him. I want to know him. Amen. He said I count everything I lost but dung for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. I'm not going back to that mess. I've got respect. I've got respect. God wants my respect. It's worth it to live for God. Whatever I got to give up, whatever I got to walk away from. I'm not going to be much longer, but it is natural for humans to want to know what do I get? It didn't work so well with mom and dad when they'd say, go take the trash out. I'd say, what are you going to give me? I said, it's not about what I'm going to give you if you do it. It's about what I'm going to give you if you don't do it. Hey, Mom, I'm fixing to go take the trash out, Dad. I'll be back in a few minutes. Hey, Amen. I had to ask, though, you know, because I'm human. What do I get? He told me what I got. It just wasn't what I was expecting. That thing turned on me really fast. Praise God. Hey, Amen. We, we, we think of David as the giant killer. We sing beautiful songs about giants falling and giants dying and God giving us power over insurmountable seemingly odds. We think of David as the giant killer. <laughs> but David didn't just walk down in that valley and kill a giant. He said, boys, what's going to be done for the man that shuts that mouth up. Think about this. Jesus is walking through the New Testament. And the 12 disciples are just waddling behind him. Like, like even little goslings following a goose. And all of a sudden, Peter stops and says, wait a second. Which I always find comical because I doubt he had a yacht. Probably had a little fishing boat made out of wood and some nets that he had to mend all the time. But he said, we've left everything. What shall we have? 
I want you to notice where Simon Peter's mind was at that moment. He wasn't respecting what Jesus could offer him. Praise the Lord, somebody. He wasn't respecting what Jesus could offer him. All he could think about is what I had to leave to follow you. If my mind's always on where I came from and how much I gave up, I'm not doing this right. I don't see him for who he is. I don't understand what he's offering me. I need mama to tell me. I need mama to tell me. It's never failed. It's worth it living for God. There's nothing you could give up. Amen. That it won't be worth it in the end. Somebody feel that way about it. Clap your hands. Clap your hands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Jesus didn't say, you goofball, what business do you have asking me stuff like that? Jesus just turned to him and answered his question. He said, I'm telling you that no one that follows me, that gives up houses and lands, family and friends, whatever you walked away from, old hangouts, old vices, old televisions, Ah, oh, come on, somebody. I love Jesus, but I also love watching everything he hates. No, sir. Amen. No, sir. I can't love the world or the things that are in the world and love him. I want to give him the respect he's worthy of. I'm willing to get rid of those things, no problem at all, because I want to be pleasing to God. The Bible said David was a man after God's own heart. He knew what it took to please God. And David said, I will set no evil thing before mine eyes. Because if it goes in here, it's going to end up here. And I'm going to find myself dressing like what I'm watching and talking like what I'm watching and listening to. Amen. I'm going to find my demeanor changing and my attitude changing. Amen. I, the only thing I want affecting me is the house of God, the pulpit, and the man of God behind the pulpit. I want truth. I, I don't want to waste my, my time wondering if I'm getting good info or not. I want to come to the house of God. Amen. And subject myself to what is forever settled in heaven. What is the truth of God's word? Don't see Simon Peter asking that question again. That was a good enough answer for him. Jesus said, whatever you've left for me, in this life, a hundredfold, I'll give back to you. Don't be confused. That doesn't mean a hundred percent. When God does it, when, when you give God everything and he gives you everything, you better, you better have your nose plugged because the deluge of blessings that's coming is going to overwhelm you. Amen. I'm telling you tonight. I'm telling you tonight. Amen. When you do what you're supposed to do and God does what he said he would do, the trade isn't even worth comparing. Amen. Paul said, I'm going through some things right now, but I reckon, that's a mathematical term, that the sufferings of this present time are not even worthy to be compared. I'm wasting my time talking about what I give up to serve God. I'm wasting my time. It's not even worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. And he said, I'm going to give you a hundredfold in this life and in the life to come. Life everlasting. The word recompense. To be recompensed is only possible if the one that recompenses keeps good records. Because to be recompensed is to be paid back exactly what you earned. Like I said, the way God does it is you give your all. He gives his all. I left my fishing boat. Come on, fellas. Had that Lot's wife spirit come on me a couple times looking back at my fishing boat. I left my fishing boat, man. What am I going to get? You better hurry up and tell me. I'm fixing to go back to the water. I don't, I don't want to have to live 
for God in a manner that makes it so a preacher has to remind me every week that it's worth it to live for God. I want to make a decision. I want to lay all the facts out. I want to see what the truth of God's word has to say. Amen. And I want to make a decision for my eternal soul. I'm not going back. Paul said, I'm not going back. He said, I counted all things but loss. Amen. And then he said, it's a good thing I did because I've suffered the loss of all things earthly. But I gained Christ. I gained Christ. And one of these days, I'm also going to obtain and apprehend that which apprehended me. There's a reward waiting on me. There's a prize waiting on me. I'm not going to be cheated. I'm not going to be shortchanged. I'm on my way to a reward that will far exceed anything that I gave up in this life. Demas, not going to make it. Because you fell in love somewhere in the middle of the equation. And didn't let that man next to you with that wisdom that God gave him, that understanding, take you to the bottom of the equation so that you could understand the end. Listen to me today. I know you've heard what I've said, but especially listen to this. You better understand the end. You better understand heaven and hell. You better understand eternity. Well, praise the Lord, somebody. You better have a comprehend. Don't get caught up in the right now and forget about the fact that we got a long way to go. Amen. An incalculable amount of time waiting on us in eternity. You, you, better, you better think about the end. Paul said, the end got a hold of me, not the end of the world. I turned my back on them, amen, but the end of this, the, this life called Christianity, amen, the end of this, this relationship, amen, going into eternity with God. He said, that's where my mind is, and this one thing I do every day, I make sure that I remind myself those things that are behind me don't matter. I'm forgetting those things that are behind. I'm reaching for those things that are before, and I'm pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. I'm pushing in. Why are you doing that? Because it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. I've been to the bottom line. I've been to the sum of it all. I've been to the end of the equation and it's worth it. Jesus said you give somebody, a, this is how good of records he keeps. He said you give somebody a cup of water in my name. And you won't lose your reward. He's watching. He's meticulous. He's going to make sure everything you give up to serve him. You know, the bad thing is, Brother Williams, is we talk about giving things up to live for God. It's kind of a weird way to say it when you're talking about chains and shackles. Yeah, devil messes with our brain and tries to convince us we're giving something up. Once like a bird in prison I dwelt. No freedom from my sorrow I felt. But Jesus came and listened to me. And glory to God, he set me free. And when I came out, I came out dancing. When I came out, I came out shouting. David said, I'm going to remember where I came from. It was a horrible pit. Paul said, it's but dung. I'm not going back where I came from. I didn't give up anything. I gained everything. Bible says, I have not seen. And I'm, I'm drawn to a close. Everybody point to your eyes. You think about the things you've looked at in your life. Some of you don't want to think about the things that you looked at in your life. I have not seen. That's personal experience. The life you've lived. Nothing in the life you've lived. In other words, what you are leaving behind to serve God can even prepare you to understand what's waiting on you. Ear hath not heard somebody else's experience. I didn't live their life. I didn't go where they went. I didn't see what they saw. But when they tell me about it, all the things that they say they experienced and maybe even in their flesh enjoyed can't prepare me to grasp 
and to comprehend what is waiting on me as a child of God. You want to know why, amen, Moses respected the recompense. He got his eyes on the reward, and there was nothing behind him that could compare to what was ahead of him. I love that last part. He just, it was a clean sweep, brother. Three strikes and doubt is out. I have not seen, ear have not heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man. Your very imagination that caused men to slip the surly bonds of earth and touch the face of God. Imagination that caused, amen, vessels to be built that would fly in the sky. Imagination's taken us to heights. It's taking us to depths. But he said, it has never entered into the heart of man. So when I'm making my decision to serve God and the devil starts playing with my imagination, saying maybe I'll miss out on something if I start now. Maybe something will crop up in the years to come that I'd like to be a part of. Maybe, maybe, I'm hoping that the sports will come back on. And I don't want to miss all of that before I sacrifice my television. (laughs) I'm telling you, when somebody does it for real, (laughs) when somebody knows why they're doing it and when somebody wants to do it, There's nothing more fun than watching somebody take that nasty sewer pipe out of their living room and go put it in their backyard and get a sledgehammer out and say, I'm fixing to revenge my disobedience because my obedience is fulfilled. And they grab themselves a hammer and they have themselves a smashing party. Whether it was in your living room or in your pocket. Come on, somebody. I want to do this right. I don't, I don't want to play and not have respect. Amen. I don't want to just be around and not have respect. I don't want to just inspect and not have respect. I don't want to be, amen, a, 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 a viewer. I don't want to be, amen, a spectator. I don't want to just be around. I want to respect. I want to get my focus on him. I want to turn my back on the world and everything it has to offer. There's nothing I could imagine. There's nothing I've seen. There's nothing that I've ever heard about that can prepare me for the things that God has waiting on me down the road. Stand with me if you would. Man, I had notes tonight. Had notes in my Bible, had notes on my iPad, notes in my head. Your Bible is chock full is what I'm trying to tell you of reasons to serve God. Cast not away, therefore, your respect, your confidence. It doesn't just have recompense of reward. Great. God's version of great. Recompense. Reward. And then all you need is some patience. After you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. It's coming. I can't get my eyes off of heaven. I may falter and fall, but i got to keep my respect for the promise that God has made me. I can't let the world and all its cheap and trancing temptations pull me away distractions. The Bible said where there is no vision, the people perish. The interpretation of that is where there is no vision, no respect, no focus, no looking out and giving your full attention to something that is beyond. The Bible said when we lose our vision, we cast off restraint. We stop doing the things we're supposed to be doing. The Bible said it's necessary because if we're striving for the championship, for the mastery, 
do it lawfully. We're temperate, the Bible said, in all things. You know what that means? I was driving on my way here. I was going the Canadian version of the U.S. speed limit. I was driving like Jehu, trying to get to the house of God. We're driving down the road, and I, I was watching, a lot of times it's cell phones. You see, I saw, <laughs> it was ironic, but I saw one of those blood donation buses go all over the highway. I thought he was going to flip. That is not the way you're supposed to donate blood. I pulled up next to him. I could see the glow of his cell phone on his face. There's something right now around him in the, in the present, in the vicinity got his respect and he wasn't looking off ahead where his eyes should have been and you know what happened he got out of his lane that's why the Bible's telling us if we're going to strive for the mastery if we're going to win in the end then we got to stay focused on that in order to keep ourselves in the lane and not let the enemy's distractions pull us off course Come on, God's talking to somebody saying, get in your lane. If you want to win the race, if you want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant, you got to get in your lane now and start being temperate. Start having some self-control and start walking for God circumspectfully. I don't want to live my life out of control. I want to get focused. Jesus told John the Baptist, he said, blessed is he who is not offended in me. You know another way you can say that word? Offended? Off-ended. I can't let things around me bother me. I came to church and sister so-and-so, brother so-and-so wouldn't shake my hand. Maybe you looked like you had the COVID, praise God. Or maybe it was because you were so spiritual, you were floating so high off the ground that nobody could reach your hand. I've been around people like that. I said, can I shake your hand? And they just float right past you. Hey, man, because the whole church is blessed that they're there. But my job is not to let anything off-end me because it's not worth it. Where I'm headed, I can't lose that. I can't lose the reward. I can't lose the prize. I got to stay in my lane. I got to keep myself under control. I got to let a preacher tell me what's right and where I need to walk and how I need to walk and let my steps be ordered of the Lord. Steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord throughout the Old Testament. That word good or goodly means a champion, a warrior that wins. A warrior with a reputation. I can win if I let mama draw it out for me and show me the end. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Mama's talking in this place right now. The house of God, Zion, who is the mother of us all. Is talking to some children right now. We're all children in this. Saying, listen, baby. Listen, son. Listen, daughter. Don't make rash decisions. When it comes to the matter of your soul, you need to make pay close attention and make sure you make the right choice. Come on, God's calling somebody to a decision right now. Don't leave this place still tantalized by the world. Don't leave this place giving the world your respect. But let the word of God tell you the truth of the matter. It's going to be well with the righteous. Heaven is waiting on you. There's a reward that will be worth it all when you see Jesus. You need to make a choice tonight. It doesn't matter what yesterday held. Make a choice tonight and change your tomorrows. 
Jesus. Lift our voice all over this building right now and let's work out our salvation. Come on, work it out right now. Do the equation. This is for my soul. What's going to have my attention? What's going to have my respect when I leave this place? Let's lift our hands and that sign of surrender and let's talk to God right now. In Jesus' name. Come on. If you're ready to start that walk, just ask God to forgive you for all the wrong. Forgive me for every sin I've ever committed, everything I've ever done that's not pleasing to you, God. I can't hear well done if I'm not doing well. Come on. The God of mercy is in this place right now. Change course. Give God your respect. Turn your back on the world. I don't belong in Egypt. I'm a child of God. I don't belong in Egypt, and Egypt doesn't belong in me. I'm a child of God.